This episode brought to you by Everyone's Parachute Pants from 1991. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Screen Test Podcast. I am Chaz, and with me, as always, is our resident alien warrior, Aaron Milton. I was uh, trying to predict ahead of time what you were going to call me, and it's an alien commando, <laughs> not an alien warrior. I don't, I don't think warriors used once in this movie. Okay, my question is, is commando used once? I heard bounty hunter a bunch oh, of times. Oh, that's, that's a very good point. <laughs> Superhero. <laughs> I I actually don't think that was mentioned either. So <laughs> I, I guess they were trying to figure out what to name this movie while they were making it. I mm-hmm. guess. Oh, I've got something for you early on about why it's called what it is, and it may have been a whole different movie, but we'll get there. Um, so beginning of the month, we just got out of spooky season. We just talked at you for four weeks of beautiful, beautiful spooky season movies. And Aaron said, you know, what would be a great follow up <laughs> to these wonderful movies. What if we watch this movie? No one's ever heard of. So we gave you no, Hey, go watch this. We're discussing it. If you want to pause this right now and go watch it, uh, it's on YouTube. It's called suburban commando. You can, or you can just not, and your life is not going to change very much. <laughs> Uh, Chaz, I want to, I want to do a, uh, quick correction here and also a, a shout out, uh, correction. You said we just did a whole bunch of spooky movies. Uh, we literally did an episode on a magic horse. Um, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> we were trying to make that into a spooky movie. <laughs> we did. We actually did a pretty good job. Uh, once we started talking about a horse cult, I think it, it yeah. did actually end up fitting into that narrative. We kind of had a force it there, but we did get it there. Um, I got some feedback on that, by the way. Uh, people are upset with the lack of puns that we built into that. You said horse cult, but never once said the word cult. And yes. none of us described that horse, especially when you started talking about it as a serial killer, as a nightmare. <laughs> I, in fairness, in fairness to me, to me, okay. I one, I'm not great with the puns. And two, you did not tell me what the episode was about. Yeah, I walked no into that thing blind. <laughs> I walked into that thing completely blind. I was blown away by what was happening along with the audience at that yeah, time. That's, I'll, I'll uh, take the fall for the lack of puns. Also, I started that episode with breaking down that her beginning of her reign was also the exact same year the Harlem Globe Trotters started, and I meant oh to tie my. that back in at the beginning and forgot. <laughs> Holy smokes, there were so many puns. Yeah. So many missed opportunities there. <laughs> yeah, we should take full responsibility for that one. That one is absolutely on us. Mm-hmm. Um, we will do better in the future. Um, but then uh, just a, a shout out, this mm-hmm. episode idea was actually handed to us by um, the guys over at Game Pass Grab Bag, uh, which is another podcast. Some would say a brother podcast uh, to this one oh, your dad because my brother that. is on that <laughs> podcast. Um, so thank you to them for sending this uh, suburban commando idea to us. And holy smokes, yeah, thank this you. is a good one. Is, is the question, yes. thank you, question mark? <laughs> there was a point where I said, is this the worst movie I've ever seen? <laughs> there was a point. There are times that... It knows it's ridiculous, but also yes. it doesn't. Yes. Chaz, <laughs> there are random moments where it pokes fun of itself. Yes. And there's actually a couple of moments where I did actually kind of laugh, where there's I was like, one. that was actually kind of a good joke. I had Surprisingly one in the middle of this. Yeah. Um, I hope it's the same one. I hope we had the same laugh. I hope so too. We'll see. But you don't have to go out and start your own podcast and get adopted by Aaron's parents to tell us what you would like us to review. If you're on Spotify... That's the question right under the podcast. When when we're not in video and I go high voice, I wonder what that, I wonder what an audio only translation of that is. Like, whoa, what was that? Uh, yeah. Because video, I make a face and everything. But if you're just listening, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've people, done. People thought that was a totally different person that <laughs> got onto the podcast. They're like, who is this third person that just came in? No, that's just Chaz doing something. Uh, but yeah, you could, 
you can go down to the question and just talk to us. Let us know what ridiculous movie in your life you would like us to dig into. Or if you're on X, formerly known as Twitter, you can also reach us out to us there at Screen Test Pod. You mm-hmm. can uh, let us know. Typically, I'm a, I'm a, you are going to sell me on visual. Mm-hmm. So if you can recommend a movie, but also show me an image from that movie that is 100% going to sell me on that <laughs> idea, uh, I am all for that. So if you've got any ideas, you can send them that way as well. Oh, beautiful. You can also send them through Facebook and Instagram, but I'm not going to pay any attention to it. So uh, there's that. So let's jump in. You ready? I'm, I'm absolutely ready. All right. From the studio that brought you It, Lord of the Rings, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Elf comes a movie someone literally died making. Did you know that? Chaz, that was going to be my trivia oh, here at dead. the end. And yes, yeah, someone did unfortunately <laughs> die making this movie. Oh, man. Starring Christopher Lloyd, Larry Miller, Shelley Duvall, and Hulk Hogan, we watched Suburban Commando. Unfortunately, we did, Chaz. When did you watch Unfortunately, this? we did. Two days ago. Okay. I did that thing again where late on Wednesday I realized, oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I was up real late last night taking notes, watching Suburban Commando as if I had a dissertation that was coming up on this movie. I would say that's not the best. I've done it twice now. <laughs> I would say that's not the best way to watch ridiculous movies. Maybe I'll change in the future. Maybe insanity is just repeating the same thing over and over and expecting different results, you know? The movie was originally Urban Commando and was pitched to Arnold Schwarzenegger, but after he passed, they attached Hulk Hogan and added a sub. Why, why couldn't he be Urban Commando? Is he not urban enough? What's the line between Arnold Schwarzenegger Urban and Hulk Hogan's suburban. Is it the mullet? Yeah, the, the mullet. That, I mean, that mullet is beautiful. And I loved also that every once in a while in this movie, you got a nice little close-up, and in the middle of that mullet is the most delicate and beautiful little braid I've ever seen. <laughs> right by Hulk Hogan's ear. And it's just, it really just brings it together for me. Yeah, and Chaz, while you're even mentioning this, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to skip ahead and at least tell you a little piece of trivia here oh, that you've already it. alluded to. So hit now you're going to, I just have to jump into it. This wasn't only going to star Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I do love that you brought this up because this is an old screen test gag that we did for years ago. And is this movie better with Arnold Schwarzenegger? We can legitimately think about that here because that was almost a possibility. Do you know who else this was? This almost starred? No. Um, let me guess. I'm assuming in the Christopher Lloyd role or the Shelley yep. Duvall role. So, yep. So it's, it's the Christopher Lloyd role. This was supposed to be two people. I'll give you a hint, Chaz. Eddie Murphy. These people were connected to a movie around the same time. I have no idea. Uh, twins. Dan, uh, Danny DeVito. You got it. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, they were supposed to be the leads in this film, but decided to go for twins instead. Good choice. Holy smokes. Imagine the world. Because <laughs> this is really what I want to do, right? What I yeah. want to do right now is I want to picture this movie being made by Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then twins mm-hmm. <laughs> having Hulk Hogan... Uh, and, and, and there's just something beautiful when bringing that to mind, but I do love that the, those guys made the right choice in going to twins. Cause we're about to get a sequel to twins. We did not. And I don't think it's being discussed. Uh, we're not going to get a, a sequel to urban commando. You could easily, you could easily make a sequel to this. It would, easily. it would be easier to make a sequel to this than it would be to make a sequel to twins. That's, that's a good point. That is a good point. We open on a star Wars, star Trek knockoff where the president of the world has been taken captive to watch his fa- or his uh, planet be destroyed. Luckily, even though everyone looks exactly like humans, because budget, uh, this isn't Earth that we're talking about. This is a different planet of the world, Aaron. Not our, our planet of the world. Uh, president of the world. Not our president of the world. Chaz, this opening scene, I know you've only really just lightly touched on this opening scene. 
But this was probably the most bonkers sequence <laughs> of a movie I've seen, and or even an op- just an opening of a scene. I yeah. Maybe I've seen some more bonkers things, but just an opening sequence to a movie. It, it was so off the wall with a, the CGI is the worst CGI I've ever seen. Now you can argue, well, you know, at the time this was about no, 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 no. Uh, there are bad movies that I think have better CGI than what we are witnessing here. Um, yeah, super confused as to what is happening. Like, this is how they wanted to introduce characters. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what I was being introduced to. I don't, I didn't, I, 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 my mind was blown at this entire sequence. Um, I thought about going back and watching again, but as we've discussed before in other movie breakdowns, I'm not going to do that, especially when I start this thing at 10 o'clock p.m. Um, maybe the longest like running scene without a cut what do you what would you say a minute yeah it's cut yeah. cut 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 it's oh like, my gosh they just glued this was, movie together it was it was frantic it was gosh even the scenes oh man there were so many things that just stick out to me in the scene the guys sitting i think in the turrets of the ship getting mm-hmm. shot a turret but also escape pod <laughs> i don't know what they were <laughs> But Sparks kind of just kind of came out of them. And yeah. just the over-animated guy just like, ooh. <laughs> that was wild. I, even just watching watching Hulk Hogan's character show up on screen mm-hmm. oh, wow. was just, his acting even to kick this thing <sighs> off. And his acting's never good in this movie. Now, keep in mind real quick. Now, Chaz, you and I spoke before we got on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I believe you said that there was like 20 minutes of plot in this movie. <laughs> I, I think I said somewhere like 10 or 15. Yeah, I said it's probably you, it. If you cut out everything that has nothing to do with what is the main story of this hour and 30 minute movie, you have about 20 minutes. So this opening scene is maybe tops five minutes, mm-hmm. five minutes to set up what is going to happen in this film. We will not see a significant move in this story for like another hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> It, it's just it, him squishing melons and beating up mine. Oh, don't even get me started on what is happening. Like what this movie is, it's it's a one it's one giant sequence of what's a thing we can make Hulk Hogan break or move. Yep, that is the movie. That is literally the entire movie. <laughs> there is no plot. It is just that. Um, but this opening sequence was just off the wall bonkers. Also, huge shocker. And I don't know if you're gonna if you were gonna lead to any of this. I know again, you just talked about the very very opening of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a, a, the most graphically interesting looking thing in this in this entire movie is the bad guy's hand getting cut off. Okay, yeah, we'll get there. Which was, what the heck was that? Yeah. Um, also, we'll just get there when we get to the end. But just as we're gearing up to not watch a plane get destroyed because it's clearly not in the budget, Ramsey breaks onto the scene. So Ramsey, which we'll also call Shep. So bad guys call him Ramsey. Good guys call him Shep. Yep. That's how you tell the difference between good guys and bad yep. <laughs> I guess his name's Shep Ramsey. Because, you know... I, I, yeah, that was his official credit. I didn't know where the name came from. I, no. I didn't remember them explaining where the Shep thing came from. Whatever. I like to think of him like a Shepherd Ulysses Ramsey Third, Like, a, the most pretentious human name for this very clearly not an alien man. <laughs> uh, just as it looks like... Ram- oh, I skipped something. Ramsey has metal boots, metal gloves, a metal chest piece, a giant metal cod piece. And uh, what do you call a mullet when there's no hair up top? A gullet. We'll call it a gullet. You good with that? Yeah. Is that a skullet? A skullet? Is that what they're actually called? I think that might be what it's called. He's rocking a skullet with the most delicate little braid. Just, just, just to be clear, what's what's great about this too is this is just Hulk Hogan's hair. Yeah. So it's not like they did anything special for this film. It's just his straight up hair, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, Hulk Hogan's hair is just pretty great, or what's left of it is pretty great. 
I, I just love a guy that's really intimidating that has a haircut like that. It's just yeah. funny to me. Also, outside of the like metal uniform and one un or one outfit that we'll get to in a minute, he's just wearing his regular clothes. Like these are clothes he probably oh, yeah. showed up to set in. Oh yeah, tank tops. Yeah, not a lot of effort put into that. No. <laughs> oh man, just uh, as it seems, Ramsey is going to die. The president of the world paper cuts the villain's hand off. <laughs> he takes an envelope out of his sleeve, throws it, and paper cuts the villain's hand off, and he grows a little tiny T Rex hand. What was that? Great question. Uh, again, I, I cannot reiterate this stuff enough. Why was Shep even there? What's Shep's relationship to the president? Um, who is this villain? None of this stuff is explained. And it's supposed to be setting the movie up. Like, that's kind of important. Why is this envelope some deadly frisbee? None of, no, we don't know. No. We don't know. I will also say, throughout all of my notes, I do not have the villain's name in here once because I still have no clue what his name even was. And they said yeah, it a couple times, but I don't know. They, they did. I mean, it was dumb. I want to say it started with a C, um, like Xerxes or something stupid like mm -hmm. that. Um, but when he cuts off his hand, it like zooms in on it being all green and nasty. Yeah. And then his hand is popping through the wound growing out of it. Yeah. I was like, dang, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Like, that's where the whole pretty, budget uh, for this opening went. Yeah, pretty pretty gross for <laughs> for a kids film, but um, yeah, just I, I who knows none of nothing at this point has made an ounce of sense. No, nothing that we had seen in the first three minutes has made an ounce of sense. I will say I assumed Ramsey was there to save the president, and the president also just saved Ramsey's life by paper cutting this evil villain's hand off. So Ramsey's way of returning that favor is to run away while setting bombs and blowing up the president. Yeah. This is an act of terrorism. He just killed that president. Yeah, he doesn't... And it goes back to, again, what was happening there? What was the point of the entire scene? So he uses his rocket boots and then drops a bunch of mines behind him so that when he escapes, he can blow it up, killing the president and what he assumes is killing the bad guy. Spoiler alert. Oh. I know, it's a very deep plot. That bad guy's not dead. I mean, if you skip everything that's junk in this movie, we'll call it garbage movie, um, you will find that out in 10 minutes. If that, yeah, but yeah. no, I guess, I don't know, probably one minute because I guess that's when the story <laughs> picks back up is when he shows back. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, he takes an escape pod, which is also one of the turrets. So what is this? Man, they only had so much money on that budget. Only so much money, just double use. Uh, and he can call his boss from this turret that's its own ship now. And his boss says, hey, you just killed the president. Maybe take a six week vacation and relax for a bit. Um, and he has to charge his spaceship, but he can't charge over a certain percentage of battery usage because then bad guys will be able to track him. Oh, it's such a deep and easily understood plot. Yes. yes. I mean, if, if nothing else, this movie was a perfect example of Chekhov's gun, right? You set stuff up, you pay that off. You, yes. you have a line, listen, explicitly don't charge your battery over 1.6%. It's going to take six weeks. You set up, these are my prized possessions. They are flawless crystals that I have in a glass case that could probably power a spaceship. Never touch them. It's it's perfectly setting everything up. Um, how would you describe, if you can even remember it, the theme song for this movie? Oh my goodness. That, yes. So after that sequence, of course, you know, now he's got to go to Earth. Oh, he hates Earthlings. And then kicks in the most <laughs> 90s music theme song I've ever heard in my life. It is so good. And it, it is, it is, it's great. I don't, I don't know what, I, I mean, if you were to play it, everyone could immediately picture the time period. Every single person could. I might be able to sneak 
a little bit of it here in this. Uh... Oh, there's no way that's still licensed. No, that's fair. I that, was trying to see. It's got to be free use. Get ready to party. That's what I'm saying. Get up, get your body swim. Madonna, Lombardo, Saddam's and they're going to be there. Yo, it ain't what you are, it's what you wear. Focus. No way I say we're the best of the rest and we're here to stay. Bye now. Wait, wait a minute, Shep, because you ain't heard nothing yet. I feel like Hulk Hogan is in this, right? He's like saying lines during the theme in the actual song. It sounds like him. Yeah, he might be. He might be right. Oh man, I'm assuming it's uh, Ramsey. I don't know. I will look that up. I will put you a little snippet in here so you can just get the, the vibe, the feel of this movie. Uh, but we meet Doc Brown and his wife, Girl from Shining. Again, I know now because I finished the movie, his name is Charlie. Did not remember that until like the last, I do not know her name at all. Don't know the kid's name. I'm going to call him Christopher Lloyd for a long time in my notes because I didn't know his name was Charlie until this movie became a heist movie. Yeah, and let's, I mean, on top of all of this, I mean, you'll, we'll get into this a little bit more, I'm sure, as we talk this through. But in all of this movie, mm -hmm. the most pointless, underutilized, underworked people in this entire film are the two kids. Mm -hmm. Why are they even there? So... That's the great question, right? So a movie like this has existed in a million different forms. Yes. That's like, there's there's nothing here that is unique or something that you would go like, oh, you know, I, I haven't seen that before. You, you've seen this a, a million different times, done way better, <laughs> way better. And one of the core of those types of films is the fish out of water element mixed with kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're kids films. That's kind of the whole point of it. Um, man, this one forgets the kids <laughs> very quickly. The, the core element of what usually works with these movies, they really thought when they were making a kid's film, it's Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd. Mm -hmm. That is what's going to bring them through on this thing. Uh, it didn't, but that's what they thought. <laughs> that's what 1991 kids wanted, right? Is Christopher Lloyd, Hulk Hogan team up? Somebody was begging for this. I don't know who, but somebody was. It feels like the, the son was supposed to be in the Christopher Lloyd role, and then they actually cast Christopher Lloyd, and they're like, oh, we got to change this. It's got to be, we're paying Christopher <laughs> Lloyd to be here. Might as well be him. Um, but I don't know. He, you're not going to make a kid an architect, right? Christopher Lloyd is an architect, and he wants a raise. But unfortunately, uh-oh, he's got the most slimy businessman boss of all the 90s and 2000s, Larry Miller. And if that name doesn't strike anything in you, just think of movies you watched in the 90s and the slime ball that was in it. That was Larry Miller. You've seen his face a thousand times. Which, he is the best actor in this movie. I think Christopher Lloyd there at the end gives it his all. I don't, why I like Larry Miller so much in this is he is constant sarcasm, mm -hmm. constant play on words. He knows back to he back, knows back to character. back to back to back. And it worked. Yeah. Like I actually didn't hate kind of their, their version of that character. I thought that was, that was okay. Mm -hmm. I, that was, that was the least questionable thing I saw in this whole film. Yeah. Hulk Hogan crash lands into a defunct roller disco rink. He's disgusted by human culture. Um, he disguises himself by, so he's walking down the street and everybody's like, look at this loser. He's wearing tin cans walking down the street in his metal outfit. He kidnaps, strips, and muzzles a redneck in broad daylight on a crowded street. No one says a word about it. Oh, okay, this is happening. And that didn't make much sense to me until I saw everything else that we're about to talk about that happens on this street. There's mimes performing to no one. There's people getting mugged. Potentially some worse crimes happening that uh, luckily good yeah. old Christopher Lloyd steps in and stops. But this is a horrible town. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awful. We're talking about a movie where character development mm -hmm. is going to be really important. Right. It's the fish out of water story. He's an alien. He's on the planet. He hates the people on this planet. Mm -hmm. 
Don't worry. And when we get to you have an hour to the end of the fish film, out of water stuff. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that is literally the the rest of this movie. The rest of this movie is going to be <laughs> random things that Hulk Hogan does in this movie, um, none of which make any sense. None. <laughs> Not a single ounce of it makes any sense, um, but I think it's mostly just played played for laughs. Yeah. Oh, but when 100%. we get to this, when we get to the end of this film, and you know your your development arc is finished, mm-hmm. your characters all kind of reach the end. I could not tell you what happened in that movie that changed. Anyway. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd like quit his job. Thing. He doesn't work for this line ball anymore. Based what off does of he do what? now? Nothing. He... <laughs> why? Why did he quit his job? What was the thing that inspired him? I just you know you save the world. You don't work for slime balls. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not like Hulk Hogan's character said no. anything to him. It's not like Hulk Hogan inspired him to do this. It's not like his family inspired him to do it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what happened that gets the character there? What happened to Hulk Hogan to where he's like, you know what? You humans are pretty cool. I think I like you guys. He got to hang out. Uh, with he doesn't say freaking Lloyd for a day. He he, he doesn't say that line. Um, but uh, you know that's what the arc is supposed to be. For all intents and purposes, he he says that line with. His actions. He doesn't say it verbally. Probably, probably, yeah. So, and then, but why? But why? But why? What happened in that movie to do that? Yeah. It's just be, because they literally, they, I think they literally wrote this movie and it was 10 minutes long. And they were like, crap. <laughs> well, I got to make it an hour and a half. What do we do? Welcome to the pitch meeting. Like, you have half a page. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened. And, they, you know, there's maybe a few elements that really felt thrown in there throughout yeah. this movie. Oh, 100%. There's, where they looked like they were trying to somehow connect it to a plot, but they just, Mm-hmm. Really didn't know how to do it, um, and you, but yes, it there, it is an awful town with awful people. But apparently, everything's cool at the end. And you mentioned this is a kids' movie. If there is anybody that he still hates, it's children and their stupid skateboards and their stupid cats and trees. Yeah. All right. Are you gonna? Are, do you plan on going back and talking about any parts of this movie? Because I, oh, I yeah. jump all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So okay. the next thing we see is he comes across a sign, Aaron. There have been issues before, but this is where I start. Like the unacceptable. He comes across a sign that says apartment for rent and just has an arrow pointing. It's on a power pole. He rips it off the power pole, looks at it. So the arrow's pointing a different way. And he follows the arrow the way it's pointing now and ends up at the apartment. Now, granted, there is no other signage for this apartment. He just happens upon the one flyer that she hung up and follows an arrow that's pointing the wrong way. So to, to skip ahead a little bit and we'll come back. Christopher Lloyd's wife, Shelley Duvall, destroys the one little haven he has in his workshop. And within just one day of Christopher Lloyd being at work, she moves out all the heavy machinery, all the welding stuff, all the tools, paints, puts a bed in there, makes it a whole apartment, puts up one sign with an arrow, and then gets a tenant day one. Phenomenal. Good for her. Um, but him following... Like, that is a fully furnished apartment. <laughs> right. Like, she fully furnishes and sets up an apartment that was, was a workshop. Yes. Within an afternoon. And there's no address on the flyer. And Christopher Lloyd doesn't know that it's happened. So there's no signage around his yard, apartment for rent. This moron follows an arrow the wrong way and ends up at the right house. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that's when we finally get the warm introduction of Shep. Shep. To the family. Shep Ramsey. Before um, we get there, though, Christopher Lloyd's neighbors, this is going to be important. All rednecks. This is just a town of rednecks. Did they say where this was supposed to take place? I mean, it looks like just California. Yeah. Why are there so many rednecks it, in California? It, it was always like, this is how all movies looked like in the 90s, because I think Fair. they were all just films <laughs> in California. So they all look like they were all kind of in the same-ish type neighborhoods. Yep. Um, everyone hates Christopher Lloyd for no reason. <laughs> He's just this down-on-his-luck guy that's just trying to build a little courage into his life. His neighbors hate him. His boss hates him. A traffic light hates him for some reason, which is going to be 
the most pivotal plot point in this entire movie going forward is that he stops for a red light and everybody else runs it every day. I Yeah, I don't... I do not understand those scenes at all, but yeah, it, it cuts way too much to them racing at this this stoplight. It's yeah. very weird. Um, um, when he comes you know, home from work the first time, before, so this is all before Ramsey's gotten there. We don't know about the shed yet. Shelley Duvall, listen, if you don't know her story, it's horrible. Uh, like her actual real life story. She was basically tortured on the set of The Shining. Um, she has a lot of mental health issues. She has a lot of just health issues, period. So I'm not trying to be mean, but... When Christopher Lloyd walks in, Shelley Duvall is leaning up against a wall in lingerie. And, you know, for a kid's movie, that could be a little risque. But, and again, not trying to be mean, but tell me I'm wrong when I say Shelley Duvall's face looks like Steve Buscemi. Oh my God. <laughs> so, it's the eyes. <laughs> all I could picture is crazy eyes from Mr. Deeds in lingerie. And uh, Christopher Lloyd's like, no, thank you. <laughs> so. He goes to his shed, and that's when he finds that it's been transformed. Uh, I, you know, my initial thought when I when we get to that scene was, man, this is a bit risque for kids' films. But I was like, no, this was the '90s. Mm -hmm. This was like standard. You could absolutely put this in one of these movies. Like, nothing crazy happens here, but it's still the implications. Yeah, what's a Roger? Like, what's Roger Rabbit's wife's name? She started this whole thing. Yeah, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Uh, now. Chaz, there is an important plot point, oh. and I mean it when I say it was very important, that you just kind of glossed over. I'm going to do that several times. <laughs> we'll get to why this is such an important plot point. His next-door neighbors, because before he even gets into the house, mm -hmm. he has a fight with his next-door neighbors, which are mechanics. Yes. But they are a very specific mechanic. Redneck. It is mostly, not just not just rednecks, but they're mechanics to race cars and specifically drag race cars. Yes. Okay? Which I thought was a very weird prop to have on here so he can't park in his own driveway because these things are blocking the way mm -hmm. um that's an important plot point later it will be as to why those cars specifically are used so i'm on the page here with you that i think we do think the same joke is the funniest joke in this whole movie yeah it's coming up isn't it yes it is and i'm not gonna let this go ramsey knocks on the door or rings the doorbell i don't remember and he shows up um i have a an issue with plot holes in movies that take place in suburbs, I guess. Do you remember when we went and watched Suburbicon and I still to this day am not going to get over the fact that they had an automatic door on the grocery store in 1950? Unacceptable. That did bother you. It still yeah. bothers me. How did he know where this apartment was? It doesn't make any sense. He followed the, the arrow into the distance. If it says go north and you pull it off and look at it straight on and it says go east and you walk east, you don't end up in the north. That's all I'm gonna it say. is lazy filmmaking. I'm gonna let that because all you had to do was put on a fake address. Yeah, that's literally all they had That's to do. Put it. a fake address on that thing, and that was it. And somebody didn't even want to do that. They were like, arrow, just put an arrow on it. Um, I didn't pick up on any of that, Chaz, because at that point already my mind had been blown <laughs> at what I had witnessed to this point that something like that was not going to stick with me. I'm glad it stuck with you, though. All right. You're really holding them to a high standard here. All right. Well, let's get into the, the meat and potatoes, if you will, of this non-movie. Christopher Lloyd sees Ramsey unpacking all of his guns, and he sneaks in and accidentally shoots a laser, which I'm pretty sure hits one of the cars, one of the drag cars. Yeah, I think so. Which also gives the, that joke a little bit better of a setup because they know something has happened to one of their cars. Um, but him using that gun released just enough power that the bad guys know what section of the galaxy Ramsey is hiding in. That's why he can't charge his, uh, his spaceship too much. Ramsey is ready to kill anyone and everyone, the mailman, the paperboy, kids, whoever gets in his way. So we need to do a little character development, which will happen. Why? Who's to say? The best joke in this entire movie is when Ramsey has, again, this change of heart really for not much reason that 
okay, I like this Christopher Lloyd guy, which his name's Charlie, by the way. Um, so when he comes home from work and he still can't get in his driveway, Ramsey moves one of the drag cars and the next, uh, the redneck next door yells at him and asking, he says, do you have any idea what I will do to you if I find a scratch? And he guesses, what, you're going to beat me up, break every bone in my body, drag me down a dirt road, feed my remains to warthogs? Which he replies, this is the 90s. I will, <laughs> I will sue you for destruction of property, mental distress, and loss of work hours. Which, coming from the land of rednecks, if that is not the most 90s answer that he could have gotten, I don't know what is. It was a perfectly <laughs> and well done joke. Yeah. Perfectly timed and well done joke. Because... It, it 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 goes against where you assume the joke is going to go, yep. which it's setting you up for, and goes down a completely different direction, and it was actually well executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at that scene, when Hulk Hogan comes and picks up the car and moves it, I was like, that's why they have these specific cars here, because they're easy to move. <laughs> yeah. So it's a funny gag to have him pick up the front end of that car that's very small mm-hmm. with tiny tires and move it out of the way. And I was like, oh... That's the only reason why these cars exist. Yep. Uh, also, is this the very last scene with these neighbors? It is. Yep. That's all you ever so see. There's no. I swear they were there for two things, and that was to have funny cars out there that were needed to be moved, and then to make that joke. And that's it. And a character gone. Even though we've Sarge is we've kind of established are kind of a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and no, it's Colonel. Colonel, pardon me. Oh my goodness. Sorry, I tapped into a little bit of Cars the, the movie there with Sarge. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Uh, after a speeding moron almost kills a kid, we see the family adopt Shep. They're like, you're our puppy now. I wouldn't say like they're brothers or they're, you're going to be like our child. They treat him kind of like a puppy. They feed him. They give him a place to stay. He does tricks. Um, so Shep, which is also Ramsey, follows this car and we see his full power as he flips it and pulls the teenagers out one by one, again, ready to kill. Yeah. And that's uh, the whole fish out of water gag here gets oh, really man. thin really quickly. Yep. Oh, we're about to At- settle in because we've got 30 minutes of this coming up. Yeah, uh, but the the kind of need to constantly kill everything, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh man, it got old real, real, real fast. And it was and it was literally the only gag that they had. Yeah. The only thing I kind of had sitting in their back pocket was like the mailman shows up and he tries to kill him, <laughs> and then the paperboy shows up and he tries to kill him, and it's just like, yeah, I get I get the I get the joke. Yeah. He, uh, he he thinks everything's attacking him. Um, but yeah, we we see it again here where he hunts these kids down, uh, and tries to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, as he acclimates to earth, he goes on a jog. He saves a woman's purse from a would-be robber, destroys a Ferrari, and punches a mime in the face with a nice little, you're welcome. Charlie follows him to his spaceship and realizes, we're not dealing with a human. Charlie sees some trouble, um, which I'm not going to go into because that could have gotten very R-rated very fast if it would have kept going. Um, so he decides, you know what, I'm going to put on this gear that I just found in this random spaceship that is built for Hulk Hogan, but will obviously fit the body of Christopher Lloyd for some reason, and decides... I'm a superhero now, which led to what I think is the second best joke in this whole thing. And I wish this would happen more often. He comes in as a superhero and is immediately shot and just falls down. Yeah, that was pretty good. You're glossing over some some prime what the heck is this movie doing material, though. Oh, there's just too much of it to go into. I, I And that sequence of him doing his night walk. Yeah. Why? Was just, Why is he on a night run? I, I, um, he's on a, He's jogging. In jeans. What is what is going on with the scene in the, the with the car? So he goes by a car and an alarm, I guess, is going off in the car. If you even count that as an alarm, it's a sentient alarm. It knows what's happening. Yeah. And apparently, all you have to do is just rip the box out the of the car. Like it's a it's a it's a uh, convertible. Yes. And the box is just sitting in the center console. So then he smashed. What was that? No that, clue. What? That didn't make any sense. Nope. But hey, we got Hulk Hogan. Let's get him smashing something. So he smashes something. Then let's go to the mime. Keep in mind, it's like 11 o'clock at night. He's performing for no one. Just, 
And there's a mime out in the middle of the night <laughs> doing mime stuff. And the funny joke is, I'll get you out of the box, and he punches him in the face. Yeah. It was like, why is the mime there? Yep. What, what we is will this? see this mime three more times, by the way. And my, my third area of just what... Christopher Lloyd doesn't realize this guy is an alien until he sees the spaceship, even though he just shot a mysterious-looking gun yep. that shot a laser out of it. Mm-hmm. And yet this, this is the confirmation he needed to know something was up. It's uh, it's all pretty great. It's um, all pretty great stuff. Well, the suit takes over his body, and he punches the bad guys. One punch, they're done. Um, or maybe not. Shep continues on his just journey of being weird. An old lady tells Shep, you have to be choosy if you want to write melon. Now, they're at this... <laughs> farmer's market stand bananas are 59 cents a pound bananas right now are 49 cents a pound with inflation and the economy the way it is why are bananas 10 cents cheaper now than they were in 1991 i want answers that's a very good that's a very good again an element of chaz's movie watching that it wouldn't run through my head he looked at those prices yeah that makes no sense i just bought bananas the yesterday before i watched this movie and i thought that's not that's not right there's a banana mafia something is happening bananas should not (laughs) either should not have been that expensive then or should not be this cheap now is what I'm eating not really a banana? It might not be. I mean, it might be a completely different fruit, man. We'll never know. This world's crazy. Uh, Charlie's boss puts him to an impossible task, but Shep meets him. No, no. Shep meets the best secretary in history. He yells at her. She yells back at him. They look like they're going to get into a fight. She pulls out the largest gun. <laughs> yeah. How often does she need that gun? What is her she life? pulls a gun out randomly in this film. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> Multiple times. Yeah. I, the second time this gun comes out, I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know where know it came it from either. She's not carrying a purse. You're, you're glassing over again. Uh, great, great elements here. Uh, you you zeroed in on the banana <laughs> section of it. And not the fact that he crushes the melon in front of this lady and explodes a melon all over the place. I will say her acting, getting hit with that melon, yes. best. You said um, the boss. It was great. That was the best acting in this whole movie. It was just, again, yet another scene where they were like, what is a thing we can just have him break? Because we don't have a plot. So randomly, he just explodes a melon. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but it is pretty great. But Oh, Shep and Charlie take off to get Shep's suit because Charlie apparently just took it off and left it in the street. I don't understand what's happening there. Um, before The Undertaker shows up, uh, spoiler alert, plot twist, The Undertaker is in this movie. With uh, no voice lines. Oh, he's got one. In the entire film. <laughs> no, it's very much not. <laughs> bad news. Those bad guys from earlier, they just picked up the suit where Christopher Lloyd laid it on the ground, and now they're Robin Banks. Um, before we move on, though, I also want to point out, this is a little tongue-in-cheek, but they go looking for the suit, and they're like, oh, man, it's not here. Where is it at? And Hulk Hogan says, oh, here's a GPS tracker. We can just go right to where it is. And Christopher uh-huh. Lloyd says, why didn't we use that in the first place? And again... I can tell you why you didn't use it in the first place. Because you needed a pad about 10 minutes in this movie. So you had to go back to this alley. That was one of those jokes where I think it was kind of poking fun Mm -hmm. of itself. Because when he calls him out for that and says, why don't we use this beginner? He tells him just like, shut up. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's kind of funny just because, you know, that is is kind of a a common critique of these types of movies Mm -hmm. and they're making it to themselves. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up that prop, Jazz. Did that prop look like anything to you? The prop. The, yep, the GPS, GPS tracker. It looked like a tiny little uh, crossbow. No, I'm surprised this thing connects with you. This is actually what made me look up the trivia. Mm. Was that scene alone? I said, I've seen that device somewhere. Okay. Is that what I think it is? That is a uh, PKE meter prop. So that's from Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, um, okay. It is the same exact thing they use in Ghostbusters. That little antenna on the outside, uh-huh. the two on the outside that kind of go up and down. I, I, that just, I don't know why that's like in my brain. 
Um, so yeah, they just use the same thing. Dang. So you can use the same technology to find ghosts and alien technology. It is, it is cool what Hollywood does, man. man. It is cool. So uh, U.S. government, please take note. We just cracked it for you. You've been looking for the aliens. Use your uh, ghost finding equipment and go find those aliens yep. for us. If there's anything we can take away from Suburban Commando, yeah. it's that. Um, the bad guys have apparently figured out how to use the ice cannon or like the freeze ray. Um, Which we didn't know existed, didn't know existed until now. And it doesn't matter because nope. it'll never come up again. <laughs> nope. That was it. One time use. But the Undertaker and his silent partner are loose on Earth. And then we get the surfing burger scene, which I am so confused about. Can I break right. this scene down for I, you and you give me answers? You can, but man, you are driving me nuts because you are just glossing over some of the weirdest moments in this movie. But Like what? What please, did I gloss go over? All right. For one, yeah. before we even do all this hunting down, all this stuff, okay? So he does that crazy little night walk. He wakes up the next morning to really loud sounds, the, the world. And he walks outside his house and just yells, shut up, and everything shuts up except for a little girl crying about her cat. So again, what is a funny thing we can have Hulk Hogan do? How about launch a cat out of a tree? Uh, both of those scenes, absolutely nuts. How about this uh, freezing scene? Yeah. And Hulk Hogan oh, shrinks. I did forget about that. In a tube. It's like a... <laughs> and a freeze. Like a toothpaste tube, yes. So they're trying to freeze him, and he just drinks. I, I, I didn't even know what it was, yeah. but it looks like a toothpaste bottle. I thought and it was like five-hour like energy. Yeah, he's not frozen. It says, Annie freeze. I'm sorry. One, where did the antifreeze come from? <laughs> Two, it does not come in a bottle like that. Could they not at least... That space antifreeze here. Put this in? <laughs> I mean, was that what they were trying to imply? No, what was that? No, it was just... Because he's got it all over yeah. him. Like, it looked like he dripped it all over him. He dripped more than... just says antifreeze. Yeah, he dripped more on him that would fit in that little <laughs> bottle. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it was absolutely bonkers. It was a, just a completely bonkers scene. But anyway, describe this next scene for me oh, so I can break it down. I did forget about that. But the villains are just sitting in a car decorated for newlyweds. Did they steal it? Did they kill some newlyweds? What's happening here? I, yeah, there wasn't a lead into that, was there? <laughs> no. Also, neither of them talk. Why are they sitting in the drive-thru for a restaurant? What the? I, this is, this again, everything has been just a random scene to a random scene. Like, no connection. No. None. So I think at this point, I saw the scene, and it doesn't even register with me. That this is <laughs> That is incredibly odd. Why are they in that car? Or why are they in that drive-thru? Uh, I don't know. The guy on the intercom says, oh, you guys are newlyweds? The only thing that says newlyweds is on the back of the car. How can he see the back of the car, Aaron? I guess because there's <laughs> balloons on it? He just assumes. In 1991, you see balloons on a car. When gay, marriage, these when gay marriage was not legalized? <laughs> these yeah, two guys it's very, very strange. Oh, man. Uh, did they not want to take a second run at the word or the um, phrase honeymoon burger? Because he straight up said, we have a honeymoon burger. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to have him try that line again and, and get it right. Um, why does this fast food restaurant have a honeymoon burger? Do a lot of people go yeah. here on their honeymoon? So confused. Uh, yeah, not, nothing, nothing in this whole sequence makes any sense. No, they shoot the head I, off. But at this point, we're so we're so far off no, the rails. That's true. It, it just it doesn't matter. Oh man, they shoot the head off of the mascot, I guess, on the um, sign, and then they just drive off. Why? Why? Why did any of this exist? I know that's a stupid question at this point, but this one really got me. I don't know why it stuck out so much, but it did. Charlie and Shep break into his boss's office to steal the crystals because, like I said before, plot device, hey, here are my shiny crystals. You do great work that I don't appreciate. Maybe you'll get one too. Hey, I'm crash-landed alien on this planet. You know what just happens to fuel my spaceship? Your boss's crystals. Um, however, the crystals are not there. They are with the boss and three mm -hmm. Japanese people in a room that's under construction, just on a table. <laughs> so, 
Let's well, you got to set up the whole scene. So what this was yeah, is it is okay. a it's it's an office party. Yeah. Uh, they don't black say tie. Why. Here. It, it's yeah, back black tie. So it's like fancy. Yeah. So the whole the whole rooftop of this building is is full of revelers mm-hmm. and they decide to go down to the office to get these crystals. The very next scene, not at the party, <laughs> in a random construction area, he's got these crystals. Now, and he's talking to these Japanese people which are supposed to be buyers yes he doesn't explain why the crystals are there he's not bragging about them they're just there. no why he brought them there they're just there in an empty construction zone mm-hmm. and clearly they it, this was a budget issue clearly they can't do an action sequence with that many people in the background they can't they can only do an action sequence with as minimal amount of people involved as possible so for some reason still though we'll just move the crystals why? to this location you, for no explanation. you could have done None. this in the office you could have done it in the office. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't know. I don't know why they moved them. There, was, there is no explanation as to why those crystals need to move from one part of the building to a completely separate part of the building. That also doesn't seem to make sense. I, like, why is that being constructed? Yeah, why is the middle of this Are they building? in the same building? <laughs> yes. Did they just leave the party to go down to this construction zone in a building they already exist in? What is happening? I don't know. This doesn't make any sense either. Doesn't but make nothing sense. in this movie did. Uh, so now this is a heist movie. They have to figure out how to get those crystals. And then Shep and the bounty hunters have the slowest, strangest fight ever committed to film. I also love that you said they had to figure out how to get these crystals. They didn't have to do jack. That's true. He just said he gets Christopher Lloyd to go in there and just say like, "Hey, can you guys go there?" Okay. And then they get the crystals. That's true. That was it. That's the heist. Uh, End of heist. But old girl's there with a gun. So secretary and her gun here again. Why? Who's to say? Some reason is threatening to shoot them <laughs> because they're taking the crystals. And she some I cares about the crystals. I don't know. Why does she need to kill them over these things? What is this? They're crystals, man. They're flawless crystals. And they power spaceships. They're valuable. The Undertaker speaks, but he has the voice of a six-year-old. And um, it's a funny gag. It is a funny gag. One line. Because they don't talk at all to that point. And then he finally says something. And he's like, oh, so that's why you don't talk much. All right. It's kind of a funny gag. They beat the uh, two bodyguards. And then they just go home. But, bad news, evil T-Rex hand boy isn't dead. He's back. Yeah. Remember him from like an hour and 20 minutes ago? Remember him? He's back. I honestly did not. You say remember him jokingly, but I did not realize that was the same guy. Yeah. When he did kind of show up, I was like, wait, was he supposed to be in this movie again? <laughs> I, I was not aware we were under threat from him. Yeah. So since he's alive, literally the only person Hulk Hogan killed with his bomb was the president. And we, too, at this point, again, we don't even know why <laughs> he wants Hulk Hogan dead at this point. He had the president. Hulk Hogan killed him for him. So Hulk Hogan took care of that for that guy. And this guy still wants him dead for some reason. I'm not even entirely sure why. Like, none of that was even established. Um, T-Rex boy, I still don't know his name, took Charlie, or takes Charlie and his family hostage. They go to see Shep, try to fix his spaceship and get out of there. A fight ensues, and Shep sets a self-destruct button, I guess, on his spaceship. Now, the countdown is for four minutes, and any time I see a countdown on screen, I get real excited, because how ridiculous is this about to be? The four-minute timer actually lasts four minutes of screen time, which is impressive. However, this is one of the times I think, hey, don't make it for, don't make it actual minutes, because a lot takes place. Would you like to know what happens in the four minutes before this thing explodes? I would, Chess. All right, so he sets the timer for four minutes. He leaves the ship, decides... He, what's his name? Uh, Sarge, not Sarge. Oh, Colonel. Colonel, Colonel says sometimes you got to lose to win. Doesn't make any sense, but uh, <laughs> that's the one like character trait that will carry over in this movie. So he says you got to lose to win. Uh, he leaves the ship, talks to the bad guy, 
convinces him to let the family go. The family gets away. They get in their car. They drive away. Charlie and Shelley Duvall have a heart-to-heart. The bad guy shoots at Shep. Car car drives. Charlie drives his car through the disco. Don't forget we're in a disco because that's going to be important. Charlie is taken hostage but grabs the villain's cojones. The villain turns into a... An actual alien with an actual decent-looking suit, and uh, I would I would put this look somewhere like if Swamp Thing and the Demon from Jeepers Creepers had a baby. Um, everyone fights, and when all hope seems lost, the villain is electric discoed to death. <laughs> he's, he hooks him up to two wires, and it turns the music on and the lights on. And if you watch closely, that alien is dancing to death. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, that is how they decided to wrap this movie up. Well, okay, so the alien just got electric disco to death. What is the self-destruct for? We don't need it now. The alien is dead. No. Uh, because you have to lose to win, Chaz. <laughs> I think what it is, is they got to the end of this movie and they were like, oh, we had $60 and we only spent $30. let us blow something up. So I, I 100% thought, you know what? They're going to blow this up and Shep is going to be like, oh, I don't have a ship anymore. I guess I'm just going to be here with the humans because I love them now. No, he just takes the bad guy ship that's parked somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everything explodes. Charlie and Shep make it out. Charlie quits his job. Shep rides a skateboard, phenomenally. Uh, plot twist, he had a skateboard the whole time. He had his space skateboard. Yeah. Why couldn't he ride Goodness. the other one? Who knows? No, I don't know. There's so many things that just like would pop into this movie for no reason. Yeah. There's no reason. <laughs> Shep and the secretary from earlier with the gun leave Earth. Shep is on, uh, Shep not only is willing to run, or no, pardon me, I put Shep in my notes, Charlie is not only willing to run a red light now, he is willing to get out of his car, shoot it, and commit a felony. I, I don't, shooting it also is very dangerous, because yeah. now you just destroyed a red light. Yeah, that's a uh, felony. People will die at that intersection. Mm-hmm. People will die. Um, but yes, the most important plot, line, <laughs> plot point of this entire film. I will cut out all of my issues, but I'm leaving that in. My pop my pop point. <laughs> The most important plot point of the entire film is that dang red light. Yeah. And we are it is fortunate enough to know that it does somehow get solved at the end of this. Uh yeah, and that's that's just the, the end of the film. Um Chaz, we've we've watched a few movies now. We've watched a few. We we kind of seem to be honing in on uh mostly films from the nineties or maybe early two thousands. Because I think that's just a wacky era for movies. And we've seen movies that you have an affinity for, I have an affinity for, so connections that maybe we don't share, but they're, you know, they're things that we loved. And I'm sure this movie exists for some kids. And the fact that I know that is because when I went to go watch this on YouTube, the comments on there were like, ah, I used to rent this movie <laughs> like crazy. Um, so there are people out there that love this movie. Um, this, in my opinion, is the worst movie we've ever seen. And that doesn't mean there aren't lovable things about it. It's kind of stupidity is part of the thing that I love about it. But as far as it goes for nonsensical plot, character development... Price of bananas. Arrows pointing to buildings. And we watched Surf Ninjas. We watched uh, Kung Fu Kangaroo. Yeah, this... Warriors of Virtue was great, so... I mean, it's a good name, though. That is a good name. But this is by far the worst. Like, the least movie movie we've seen. Mm -hmm. It was basically a clip show (laughs) of... Look what Hulk Hogan Things they want to... And I'm telling you, this this must have been what happens. Because as you're talking about it, there must have been scenes that they cut that existed, but maybe it just didn't get enough laughs. Like, for instance, the bounty hunters getting in that vehicle. Yeah, there probably was a scene that showed how they got that vehicle, but it just wasn't worth it for the laughs on that. Uh, the skateboard thing. Heck, even the kids in this movie. I, 
I will not know their names. I think the daughter is maybe in this movie a total of three minutes. Three to five minutes, if that. The son is in it slightly more, but not by much. Now, even at the end, when you talk about his magical skateboard that he suddenly has, even breaking down that scene, okay? So he's out there with the son, and then the bullies come running up. Mm -hmm. Even though these bullies were very loosely described in this film, they didn't. They pretty much just tossed out a your mama joke and called it a day. It's like my mama, though. They, <laughs> my mama joke. They show, yeah, it was. <laughs> so they show up, and then he messes with them, and they run away, and then they left the skateboard, so Hulk Hogan goes to grab the skateboard, and the kid turns around. Hey, man, that's my skateboard. Hulk Hogan does some amazing tricks. Really crazy, awesome CGI. Gives the board back, and then rewards the bully with a cool future skateboard that has like jet engines on it i'm sorry did the bully get a lesson taught to him like what happened right there what was that sequence he absolutely got a lesson because the first time he uses a skateboard with rocket boosters on it that kid's dead so <laughs> oh, just yeah. took out a bully At which also again they did not have it in the budget to actually show that skateboard <laughs> work because that's what i was i kept in my head i was like i cannot wait to see what this looks like i cannot wait to see what this looks like and they never showed it i was like well that's a waste so i talk about Chekhov's gun there you show me a cool rocket skateboard but never show it in use get out of here they didn't even have enough money to finish the skateboard they only showed like a quarter of it in a bag yeah, it's yeah, it just yes, it and literally at no point in that movie do you see this thing. Not one single time. He could have used alluded it. Alluded to that that things exist. Yeah, they yeah, needed a bunch it. of times it could have been used. Uh, and then like then like so then even oh my gosh again there's just so many clips of just things. Another very funny one that I loved. So again we re, we we very lightly touched on this. He goes to save this cat out of a tree. The girl's crying and she sees him goes that's not my cat and runs away and he launches the cat. Then later on, girl crying. And he goes out there, he's like, you sure that's your cat? Yeah. Brings the cat down, and then he launches her, the girl. I don't remember how that sequence happened. How did he launch the her? The cat jumped down. She grabbed the tree yeah. branch. He let go of the okay. tree branch to get the cat. Launched girl. I gotcha. So, great scene of watching this girl's flailing body go through the sky, as then Hulk Hogan catches her. Um, goodness gracious, this movie was rough. It was rough. It was funny. But it is not a movie. And it's just not a movie. Can you imagine working on this film and getting your call sheet for the day and being like, oh, we're uh, catapulting adult today. <laughs> That's what my day consists of. Uh, and as you basically hit on basically all of my uh, trivia mm. for this. Uh, Sorry to steal movie. your thunder. It, it's cool. It's cool. But yes, it was kind of a bummer that uh, a special effects technician did die. So he fell through a trap door while testing. Where do you think this test door? My guess, my guess is this is when they're fighting inside the construction zone because Hulk Hogan does make a, a very funny joke uh, where he like smashes through the ground yeah. and stuff like that. And he's like, that's cheap construction for you. That's why it had like to be that. in a construction like, zone, just for that one joke. Yeah, and so there's obviously people falling through the floor in some of those sequences. So my guess is that was probably where that testing went Maybe. Wrong. I would, but... I my guess was, okay, if this is going through a trap door, then uh, they didn't film this right. They out of respect to someone who died, they were like, let's let's cut this scene. From but yeah, it very well they could have been like, okay, move move the body. We got to film here today. Yeah, I don't nineties man. I don't know, Crazy. man. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like they probably went along with it. I mean, it'd be my I, man. What a movie to pass away on though. Oh yeah, it's like legacy. It's like yeah, you know, it could have been like. 
could have been like on the Godfather or something like that. Instead, it's Suburban Commando. Like, jeez. Um, the only no only two things that I really took away from this movie was something about Hulk Hogan's eye acting screams, "This man is a maniac." He looks unhinged through most of the film. He never comes off as like likable or lovable, mm-hmm. which. When we talk about fish out of water films, that's usually a key element of it is they come out a little rough, but by the end, they're really soft and the family's really gotten to know them. Much like you had mentioned, you had thought, oh, he'll, he's going to be stuck on earth and they're just going to have their best pal Shep doing suburban commando things with them. But that was not at all what, what happened. And he's not likable enough for that to even be like a good idea. He was still is a maniac by the end of that film, still a lunatic. And now he's got a girl with a gun. So yikes. Uh, this, she's also a maniac. The second thing I took away from this is, man, oh, man, the 90s were just a different time for pants. Yeah, there's some good there's some good pants in this movie. The pants he walks away yeah. in at the very end are in a league of their own. Yeah, it is. A, they're not quite parachute pants. This was this was a thing where it was elastic at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like hammerish it pants. Pro- it's almost like, as, yeah, it is. It is similar. But what it almost kind of reminds me of if somebody wanted to try and make um, like scrubs, but they want to make them with funky colors and make them seem a little more modern. It feels like that was what you were trying to create back then. Hammer pants, though, specifically, they flared out way more than this. This one doesn't flare out as much. Yeah, just a little more They're, tapered, but still got that like grip at the bottom. It's crazy, crazy look. I will say, though, if you didn't experience a Taco Bell in the 90s or early 2000s, you missed out. Or a McDonald's. Everything's so corporate now. The colors, Mm -hmm. man. The colors of the 90s. Different. Yes, it was. All right. So if you, again, have a suggestion for a movie you would like us to break down, as long as it's not Suburban Commando, I'm willing to sit through it. I've sat through Ernest Scared Stupid, sat through this. Um, Let us know. If you're on X, X is going to give it to you, right? It is. You can find us at Screen Test Pod. (laughs) <laughs> Did you like my I'm reference? Give it to you. I'm not, I wasn't going to engage it, Jess. I was going to blow right by it. Oh, man. Well, if you're on X, screen, at Screen Test Pod, if you are on Spotify, just scroll down, type it in there. And uh, if, if I am interested, I'll make Aaron sit through it. If Aaron's interested on X, he'll make me sit through it. But for now, that's all I got. See ya. Bye now. Wait, wait a minute, shit.